everybody. Welcome to Guys 5 Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pelican. And we are joined tonight by a friend of the podcast that has done multiple episodes with us, Jason Heaster. Hello. Welcome, Jason. Um, and tonight is episode 158, and we are doing a retrospective on Clerks and Clerks 2. Uh, what is it? September 13th is the release of Clerks 3. And we have notably never talked about a Kevin Smith movie on the podcast in 158 episodes. And so we'll probably find out a little bit about maybe why that is. Um, so, all right. Um, I want to start off by just talking about Kevin Smith and his career a little bit. Um, and I want to start with our guest, of course. So, um, Heaster, what... Um, like what's your history with kevin smith did you see clerks like you know the first movie early on um you know and what have you thought about his career since then and like you know do you still keep up with him and those kind of things sure uh yeah i definitely i definitely you know keep up with his major movie releases um but i I was trying to think when i saw clerks for the first time and it was probably when it came out on home video maybe like renting it at blockbuster because i don't think it was something that was on my radar like in the theaters like it, you know i don't recall any buzz about it until like after maybe a hit home video and i saw it and i really liked it and um i bought it on laserdisc because mm-hmm. <laughs> it was 1994 right <laughs> right uh and uh you know i want to say what was the what was the next movie you did after that was it Mall Rats? Mall Rats was yeah. it Mall Rats? Was right after yeah, that, and then f- and then chasing Amy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So then, like, I saw Mall Rats. Jeez, did I see it in the theater. Uh, probably, probably. I think there's a good chance. Um, and then I know in between Mall Rats and chasing Amy, I saw him speak. I saw Kevin Smith speak live at University of Delaware, and uh, he was like, you know. It was a Q and A thing. It was like he was going to show uh, something. I don't know that it was supposed to be the full, like, rough cut of Chasing Amy, but that's what it was. It was like mm-hmm. he was going to show us part of it or something, and it, we watched the entire movie. And it was before it was released, so it didn't, he's like, "This doesn't have some of the, you know, final sound effects and music. Like, music might change, but like, so we saw like, you know, pre-release." version of it nice. and then he, he spent like i don't know like two or three hours afterwards doing like q a and uh and signing everything i mean i took my laser i, I took my laser disc uh cover along and had him sign it mm-hmm. and uh but people were bringing like videos and clothing and like all this stuff and i mean like he was you know i guess he was kind of popular but like it was kind of amazing like how popular like he would be more much more popular now i'm sure like if he's at a comic-con or something like there's there's mm-hmm. huge lines for him but you know i was still surprised at that time that so many people showed up and that he spent so i mean he probably spent five or six hours there it was like a marathon it was ridiculous yeah um, no i mean I'm, well he's i mean even by that point he was kind of like a cult icon you know and um yeah he definitely you know, had a following sure yeah but no, now matter how you, now, no matter how you feel about him today, like, you know, um, good or bad, I mean, he's basically like this cult legend now. So, I mean. Well, yeah. I mean, I think I think part of it was at that time, I, I don't know if that would have happened all around the country, but 
at least for this area he was kind of a local sure. local celebrity you know like i mean we're we're reasonably close to you know red hook, uh, yeah. red hook and you know all of his old stomping grounds in new jersey mm-hmm. um and i mean at university of delaware there's a lot of population going there from new jersey so sure. um so i mean that kind of made sense but uh uh, and of course, I've never I've never been to any of their places in New, in New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Even though it's certainly within an easy drive, but you know, I try to stay out of New Jersey if I can. Now, um, real quick, were you in college at that point, or were you out of college by that point? I was uh, on my way out. I oh, guess. Yeah. yeah. I was still. I think I was still like living right there by the university. Okay. Um, but I don't know that I was matriculating gotcha um well i mean the other the other thing with it is um that's the correct generation for it right i mean um i mean it's like his main following is through gen x so i mean during that time yeah i mean yeah um, yeah for sure um and then you know i i saw dogma i saw whatever came next i don't have a a list here in front of me but uh yeah it was dog yeah. and then jane silent bob strike back i think a couple years after that and yeah i might have seen that in the theater um but you know i i uh i didn't like i didn't follow everything because you know it started like by what by maybe 2000 well maybe after clerks too and I think, did I see, I probably saw Clerks 2 in the theater. But then after that, he was just doing so much stuff. I mean, like, you know, he had his, I think he started the podcast or something. Would that be that? I don't know. It seems like he started doing that stuff a long time ago. Yeah. Or maybe he was doing tours. I mean, I think he, he actually, was doing tours throughout the 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he was doing some other movies, some of them really terrible and outside of like the clerks universe um yeah and then does, oh, he, i have it up in front of me he does jersey girl in between jay and silent bob strike back and clerks too and, oh yeah jersey girl was terrible yeah, yeah. um but yeah and then the stuff after clerks too i didn't really pay attention i mean cop out i i saw because i liked the the stars and him and it was bad Right. Um, I mean, it had, you know, had it, it had its moments, but it was overall bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't watch like Red State, Tusk and Yoga Hosers until uh, this year or last, last year, because the uh, there's a documentary that came out called Clerk, which is all mm-hmm. about Kevin Smith. And they talked about some of the movies and like, I, they just seemed so out there that I had to see it for myself. And so I did watch those, and I, of the, of those, I think I actually there's there's parts of Red State that I actually really liked, um, and then I think the Tusk and Yoga Hosers. I think that's going to be like a trilogy. I think they're doing like a Tusk two. There is a uh, Tusk two, yeah. Yeah, um, which you know, okay, well, good. And like you should finish that and just never never do anything with it again. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of excited for Clerks Three coming out. Uh, I kind of like the the looks of the trailer. I think, you know, it's it's definitely uh, 
right up his alley. I mean, you know, it seems like it's it's the stuff that he does well. So we'll see. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So Frank, um, you want to give us uh, your uh, your history and kind of like thoughts a little bit on Kevin Smith as a whole? I mean, so similar to Jason, you know, I like I I I feel like I saw Clerks in the theater somewhere. Maybe we went to Philly to see it. Um, I definitely like was familiar with Clerks before Mallrats came out and was super excited for Mallrats. Um, I mean, Kevin Smith was a huge inspiration as a 17-year-old kid who was really into movies and had these aspirations to, you know, make movies like me and my friends. <clears throat> so seeing this guy that could, you know, basically like on his own with just people that he knew, like without anyone like really famous or anything, like make a movie, it was super inspirational. Um, and I think that the humor in Clerks kind of lends itself to being a 17-year-old, right? Um, so I really enjoyed Clerks. I really enjoyed Mallrats. Um, I I like Chasing Amy a lot. Um, I actually think that Chasing Amy is probably my favorite movie of his. Um, but then it's like diminishing returns after that for me with him as a filmmaker. Although... I really respect and appreciate Kevin Smith as a person and as someone who's a proponent of comics and superheroes and like, I don't know, for lack of a better term, like nerd culture. You know, I think that he's um, definitely one of the best voices for kind of like making that more mainstream, you know, bringing that into the realm where it's not embarrassing, I guess, to be into those kind of things. And I think that Kevin Smith has a lot to do with that um i think he's a very engaging speaker i I like him when i watch him like do talks you know know, jason talked about seeing him at u of d um we've i've watched several of his specials where he like does college talks where he just like talks in front of large groups of people and i'm always really engaged with him i just can't stand him as a filmmaker man like i just i don't know i i I hate his shit i think again chasing amy i think is Chasing Amy and Mallrats, I still can watch and they're okay to me. Um, I think maybe Tusk is like the best thing that's outside of the Clerks University's done. Um, I hate Yoga Hosers. I hate Jersey Girl. I hate Red State. Um, I don't know. I just, there's something about like the way he writes dialogue and the way he films things that I kind of just think he's, I don't know. He's just not my cup of tea. You know, yeah, and we'll talk about that when we get into the two movies that we're going to talk about because there's some things in there that really bother me. But um, yeah, so it's it's a weird thing where it's like we always talk about how I don't like to know things about like the creators that I like, and I kind of try and like separate those two those two worlds. But um, this is actually the opposite of what usually happens, where I genuinely appreciate him as a person and as a celebrity and just don't like anything that he does creatively so i don't know so let me segue that into talking about the first clerks movie um with you so what did you feel at the time that you saw it i mean it was it was invigorating like watching that shit as a kid you know because you're like you know jason's point like this is somebody that's what 75 miles from us like making these movies and getting a distribution deal and having his like movies shown in real movie theaters and being on MTV and 
you know i mean it felt like you could just go out with a with a camcorder and like make a movie and you could do something with it so it was um incredibly empowering and impressive and it felt like edgy and cool to watch that movie and you know the things that they were talking about and the fact that it wasn't just like this generic whatever like I mean, because you're at a dead period for comedy, really, at that point. Although I might argue that the entire history of time is a dead period for comedy and film. But um, in this respect, especially, like, you know, this is something that was a breath of fresh air. I mean, um, I don't think it has aged well in that respect. But at the time, as like a 17-year-old, you know, when you're into like the transgressive shit and trying to be like all counterculture and whatever, I mean, it was um, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. So in terms of the what did you like about the movie then if anything like the feel of it you know um we so on the spin chagrin we talked about this movie farm um that's obviously like a you know like it's it's a dude making like the only movie he's ever gonna make and he's trying to get everything in and that's kind of what it felt like you know you know like the stories and the jokes and stuff something probably that he had thought about for a long time and he was trying to fit everything into like this one movie because you know it felt like somebody may be thinking this was their only chance to like actually do something and there probably wasn't a you know too bad of a thought at the time even though it became a lot more popular i think than kevin smith probably ever thought it would be um but that's the kind of stuff that makes you laugh you know like dick jokes fart jokes fucking shit jokes necrophilia jokes like that's all like funny <laughs> right at least at the time like i thought it was sure. really funny yeah 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 it definitely it definitely had the feeling of uh you know here's a guy like making a movie about him hanging out with his friends and like right yep. the the crazy stupid stuff you know the conversations that they have you know uh, but i i think it did it in a, in a in a good way i think the you know the uh uh dante randall like friendship and interaction i mean that was by far the highlight of the movie like you know a a lot of stuff a lot of stuff are like throwaway jokes and i mean all the stuff with jay and silent bob is kind of just to to fill in the space between when when dante and randall are talking Mm -hmm. that was the other thing too is it was kind of like a you know uh I don't know what you call it, like a transgressive My Dinner with Andre, right? Like, it's the same idea, generally, but with things that you, you would probably talk to your friends about. You know, we had, we did a sister podcast for a while, The Best 30 Minutes, and it died because we ended up talking too much about, like, things that we maybe didn't want to own up to from our childhoods, especially myself, like, things that I used to say and think um and i i feel like that's this you know like that's if you would have gone and like listened to me and my friends talk it would have been things like what's in this movie um so maybe not something you're so proud of like later in life yeah i mean i i agree with that completely i think it's relatable i mean i think it's relatable to a lot of people and that's probably why it uh stuck with uh audiences nationwide not just like in the northeast you know it's not it doesn't really, you know, of course it's New Jersey, but it's like, it doesn't really place itself in any one place. It's kind of like has universal, universal appeal for uh, a certain age group. Definitely at that time, 
and maybe even to a lesser degree today. Yeah, I think there's some elements that certainly um, in terms of because because there's a lot of things that are going on in the background, which I don't know if Smith intended or not, um, kind of thematically at times, but certainly like kind of like the idea of dead end jobs and all that kind of stuff is certainly something that is maybe truer now than it was even at that point, to some degree. Um, I mean, it, it felt like a fresher take for our generation on something other than like, you know, like, like St. Elmo's fire or the breakfast club or something where it's these, and I, you know, I like both of those movies, but they're very boomer movies and they're very crafted movies, very polished. Right. And so this was, this fell more in line with like my life as a 17 year old kid, you know, to your point, like I'm working at fucking McDonald's when I'm 17. I'm, you know, drinking and hanging out with my friends and trying to shirk work as much as I can even though like I need to work so all those things like felt like real you know as a as a kid yeah uh, yeah it definitely felt it felt more real to me than most of like the 80s movies the 80s movies were fantasies like you know right. the, they they just they didn't have it they were fun and like they tried to be relatable to their age group but this inherently was uh, to like uh i mean i was like what i'm i'm five years young five years younger than uh dante brian o'halloran and so i mean it's like you know almost the same you know he's playing he's playing probably a little younger but i mean you know i was like in that age group watching like people of my age on the screen yeah and here's another here's like a counterpoint to not counterpoint but like to clerks you had the threesome came out i think the same year right do you are you familiar with that movie Which uh, I think it's laura laura flynn boyle maybe i can't remember who's in it it's about these kids in college like experimenting and living this crazy life and like it felt very fake in comparison to something like clerks which was people who were you know ducking college even though they should have been in it or like you know like you said like stuck in a dead-end job so it just it almost had like a feeling of like cinema verite to it kind of mm -hmm. and yeah. then it's black and white and <clears throat> you know it's rough and the language is rough and the subjects are kind of taboo that they're talking about so just very um you know like something that you knew that your parents wouldn't relate to and that kind of gave it a yes like a large amount of appeal i think at the time yeah yeah, yeah certainly like the, like all the all the conversations about porn and stuff like that which you know like because it had become more accessible to a lot of us through like things like Skinamax and you know um all that kind of stuff like we were probably more knowledgeable about porn we were the first generation that was knowledgeable about like porn before you know, more than our parents were and so it's like all the porn jokes like the porn titles like the fake porn titles like when he's reading them off like you know the you know best of both worlds video that he's watching that he goes and rents it's like all those kind of things are things that like yeah definitely our parents not only wouldn't get maybe so much but like would also be like you know uh horrified by um that we were like watching something like that and having open conversations but those conversations were happening anyway like among our age group like um and you know so many different conversations the star wars conversation um those are the kind of like you know quasi philosophizing that i mean I'm sure all of us did as teenagers when we were just doing nothing largely. 
uh, just sitting around talking and it's like i think it's really relatable for that reason and certainly i think those kind of things like that i was already doing but i was seeing it emulated on the screen in these two characters um you know is something that really drew me to it and 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 um it's like going back now to me and watching it even though i had problems with it like revisiting some old friends at one point mm. by having heard sat in and heard their conversations before um and like almost like listening to a recording of those conversations in some way um yeah i i, I agree and i mean like i think the the music and the fashion and everything just kind of puts me back into the early nineties. Like, you know, uh, it's, it's yeah, definitely nostalgic at this point. Yeah. So yeah. And I, 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 I want to turn to you, Frank, about something, but it's like, uh, yeah, I agree. Like, you know, I'm not somebody who has like a lot of uh, readily has a lot of nostalgia and um, there's something very specific. This, this, marks a very specific time and place to me um you know in in my development in the country um in film like and it's like this uh marker in some way um in, in a number of different ways for me um but frank you joked before the podcast started about something about like anti-nostalgia um yeah. do you want to expand maybe a little bit on that what you mean so usually when i watch movies from my childhood and up through my teenage years it like i i feel nostalgia pretty strongly i think mm -hmm. um and it makes me miss like a simpler time and it makes me think about you know certain things that it is a kid and this movie makes me hate all that shit like mm -hmm. it makes me so glad that i'm an adult now and i'm not like <clears throat> i don't know it doesn't it doesn't evoke any feelings of like warmth or longing for an earlier time i just think like jesus christ like how terrible all that shit was and how terrible all these people are and they all look like fucking i don't know like i hate the fashion in it i hate the way everybody looks i don't know i hate everything about it like it just it makes my skin crawl like watching watching clerks yeah i don't know if i had any longing for it necessarily like i'm 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 glad we moved past a lot of the things that are in this like both uh, for me personally and like kind of like culturally um but um but at the same time like i said to me as best i can come up with is like a listening to a recording that was recorded 28 years ago of like me and my friends talking or something like that and like listening to it again and laughing at some things and you know kind of cringing at other things that are said and that kind of stuff um it just feels like a time capsule to me um in some ways um which but, are meant to be buried and never opened <laughs> um what did you feel about it watching it again um is uh, jason like after um i i didn't have i didn't have as negative a reaction as frank did but you know i certainly did not long to be back in 1994 right. um you know it was it was nice it was like it was it was nice to revisit them you know it's like it was uh familiar and enjoyable um i didn't have any negative reactions really to it other than you know some of the acting in the, the movie but i think i had those reactions at the same time um but you know it's uh i i certainly i wasn't wistful for for the past um 
you know, I'm glad I'm glad I'm where I am now. I'm glad we kind of moved past it, but I don't like uh, you know, it didn't cause me any discomfort. <laughs> and can I talk about the thing I dislike the most about Clerks? Like Absolutely. what makes me really yeah. like hate this movie? <clears throat> Fucking Dante Hicks, man. Dante Hicks might be the most loathsome unlikable terrible fucking character ever created for the screen and i maybe that's on purpose somewhat like i can't tell if kevin smith wants you to sympathize with dante or to hate dante and kind of like feel like he gets what he deserves but man he is like the worst dude like randall for all of his homophobia and misogyny and just general loathsomeness is still a more relatable person i think than fucking dante and there's like when we get the clerks too, there's jokes about that kind of, but in the moment, like he's just a terrible human being. You know, he's this fucking failed ex jock that refuses to grow up, that is a whiny, like petulant little bitch, like all the time that they can't make a decision, but is so self righteous about his own perceived, like, goodness or oh my god i don't know i just well, i can hate dante i i mean i to answer your i mean again i'm i'm so i think kevin smith sympathizes more with randall and i only say that is because the real turning point in the movie towards the end the the big argument they have randall's the one that gets the upper hand there and basically just lays out like what a whiny person and like do nothing um that dante really is and how he can't enjoy the moment and how you know it's either like shit what shit or get off the pot you know i mean um like randall gets to come up and stare over top of dante and uh yeah so i i think it's randall that he sympathizes with more and i think uh there's uh maybe some sympathy with dante but it's, it's not i don't know if he likes dante necessarily if i if i had to read it myself like what he thinks but i mean isn't isn't it kind of like the the id and the superego i mean like isn't aren't they the two opposing sides i mean like dante being like uh completely passive and uh and kind of like wanting to enforce rules and do what he's supposed to be doing and randall just being the id and like doing whatever he wants all the time and not conforming to anything. I mean, aren't, I mean, aren't they, aren't they just like really polar opposite? I mean, don't they, if, if they are ex expressions of like, you know, Kevin Smith himself, aren't they like his, his two, two sides perhaps? Sure. I think that's I mean, probably, yeah, I think that's a good interpretation, except for the in the superego of a fucking scumbag that I don't want to <laughs> hang out with. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I Dante's annoying. Like, I mean, he he names him Dante because of, you know Dante's Inferno or whatever. But it's like, like which shows some sympathy. The idea that he's in hell or whatever. But it's like he really, it's like it's, he could be named Hamlet and it would work because it's like that. That's really what the character is. It's just this character <laughs> of complete inaction and constantly just whining about the fact that he can't act on anything. Oh, it's a self-imposed hell, just like fucking Dante. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I, I don't know. Yeah, I. Uh, there's not going to be any like kind of resolution of this necessarily. But yeah, um, like I said, the, the homophobia stuff obviously bothers me. You know, when I watch it, I think some things are 
I don't want to say in poor taste, but in poor taste. Like, um, you know, at one time I thought the necrophilia, like, like plot line was funny, and like now I just don't. I just think it's kind of like in poor taste. Right. Um, you know, like there, there's those kind of things, but um, there's still some, there's still some like I think really good delivery at times of a lot of jokes, like in especially some of the more like. Uh, minor jokes and stuff like that um i like i love the guy that's standing outside when <laughs> is like leaning up against the wall when he like yells to veronica not to suck any dicks on the way to the parking lot and like the guy just starts walking that right. way like there's there's little things like that that i think are really funny still um that pop up pretty consistently like through the movie so here's another thing that bothers me watching clerks today is at the time when you saw it you think Here's this dude that had very little money and very little resources and still got a movie made, you know, and it was like, again, like very empowering, very inspiring. And the thought was, what could this guy do when he actually gets a budget? Like Mm -hmm. if you give this man like time to write a real screen, like a good screenplay and like give him a budget to film. And the answer is nothing better than what the fuck he did there. You know, like he's not like any better as a director. It's just like smoother, I guess, or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I, I look his direction's pretty bad, and I. But the thing is, I, I, I rarely like talk about it because it's like he talks, he talks about how bad he is as a director, like that he doesn't really know what he's doing, and I give him a little bit of grace, I guess, sometimes for that. But yeah, he's 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 a shitty director. Um, and I mean, he's um, gotten better. You have to, you have yeah. to give him credit, but but he's not, you know. Francis Ford Coppola or somebody. Yeah. Oh my know, god. Of, huh? of of his of his generation, um, yeah, he's not like you know Tarantino. He's not P.T. Anderson. He's not any of those people. He's not like this incredible filmmaker. But um, he occasionally has like you know like and maybe that's a cinematographer. But he occasionally has some good shots in his movies and stuff like that that are kind of memorable. But like as a director, he's not. He's not. When we get to Clerks 2, I'm going to talk about something that proves that he's an absolute hack. But you know. <laughs> All right, well, let me ask you this. Heaster, um, uh, you had the laser disc, so I, I, I know you've seen it. The the alternate ending um, where Dante gets shot. Um, what do you think of that, like, just as a... Um, as as a possible ending for this, um, which Smith ultimately, like, ended up not using, but... I, I always looked at it as kind of a joke. I mean, like, it, it, it added so it added nothing to the movie. It would it would not have improved the movie. It would not have uh, improved the story. Uh, I can understand why he cut it. I mean, I think probably when he was shooting it, he said, well, you know, I, I don't think it's going to end this way, but let's let's do it anyway, just in case. Because um, it really it just never it never seemed like it was the right thing to do. Yeah. It, it, that The first time it aired, I think it was independent spirit, like is where it aired or something like that. Um, it had that ending um, and he got a lot of flack over, it, but uh, apparently Miramax um, was going to let him do whatever he wanted, but they were like secretly relieved um, when he ended up cutting the ending um, after the feedback that he got from audiences um so he really was going to it seems like it point. seems like something you would do like to intentionally be edgy or try to like somehow elevate the film and yeah. i think just tonally like it doesn't work at all yeah agreed it's the kind of thing that like 
when like I thought I was going to like write scripts when I was like 15 16 years old having that didn't even know about the ending at that point but it's like it's the kind of like dumb shit I would like write in like where it's like oh what's the ending oh the guy dies <laughs> you know I it's it's very childish to me I think um what's your thoughts Frank on like Dante like getting shot at the end I guess I vaguely knew that when you guys brought it up before the podcast started but I've never is there an actual like film like you can like it's, you said it's been like shown yep yeah it's probably on YouTube or whatever yeah, if you go look probably. for the clip yeah um I don't know I mean again like you're a guy making a movie that you think might be the only movie you ever make you're probably going to try and get in as much as you can right so mm-hmm. alternate takes and endings and different twists to your script like i can see that and in a lot of ways like if you don't think anything's ever going to happen it's sort of a fitting end to that character because just as he's starting to kind of realize that he needs to get his life together you know that's like fate coming in and fucking with him Mm -hmm. and he wasn't even supposed to be there today you know what i mean so yeah and and i did read that's what smith the ultimate reason he like did it in the first place is it kind of was a joke because it's like i'm not even supposed to be here today being repeated so often he thought it was like a funny joke almost at the end um which is kind of disturbing i guess i think that's a joke but um but yeah that was that was kind of the idea that he had originally um all right any final thoughts on the first clerks that anybody has that one anybody wants to mention i'm watching this alternate ending right now on okay. youtube yeah i don't um, think it's very long right it's only like, it's a minute and 33 seconds oh, yeah. it's that long damn um i don't know it again it's not a movie that i enjoy um yeah i don't have any other thoughts whatever i enjoy it there's lots of like you said like lots of little little things that you remember from it but like you know uh i always <laughs> i always love the guy running in and saying uh uh hey do you have uh hubcaps for a 76 pinto Ooh, mini truck and magazine yeah, like yeah. you know i i can't tell you how many times like i've walked yeah. into a convenience store with my friends and just like looked at the uh the magazine rack and gone like "Ooh, mini truck and magazine mm-hmm. i actually yeah. have seen this before that's a lie <laughs> yeah i those kind of things i like those little things with the customers sometimes um because it's uh while it's exaggerated it's pretty accurate a lot of times yeah. and and the what what you mean i have to drink this coffee hot yeah right yeah. so you guys you guys are saying this and let me like one up easter by putting my final final point I can't stand the dialogue in this movie. I think Kevin Smith is really bad at writing naturalistic dialogue. And I think you either have to write something that sounds like how real people talk, or you have to write something that's so good that even though real people don't talk like that, it still is so impressive that you're fine with it. And I don't think he can do either one of those things. I think it's just kind of this fakey sounding, like contrived, I don't know like edgelord fucking 17 year old dialogue and i just i hate it like i hate listening to those people talk yeah there's a lot of edgelord stuff like at times like in this um i i don't want to prolong this too much about clerks i mean i think i think brian o'halloran well he doesn't fall flat on his face at all in the role i think he's the weak link right randall's um, the best thing yeah. in the movie in terms yes. of the acting yeah 
Um, and I actually think Caitlin is pretty good um, in it too. Um, Veronica, kind of like that actress, like in delivery at times, can great me, even though she gets a couple of good lines in. Um, Caitlin feels very naturalistic to me, have, having watched all these years later. Um, there's a couple lines that she kind of flubs and feels forced, but um, right. But I, I think she only has like twelve lines. Sure, I mean, she's yeah. not. She's not in. Yeah, it she's not. Just yeah. what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah, but it's like you hear about her enough, and then when you see her on screen, she does have some sort of presence, like where you know who she and and just the 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 dialogue and the delivery, you kind of know who she is. Um, and um, maybe it's that like you know it's a fallacy type thing, like uh, Wells talks about, where it's like if you if you talk about for the entire movie and you show up at the end, like everybody's gonna think you're better than you are. But um, I agree. But but I um I, I I thought that like she was probably after uh, after uh, Jeff Anderson was probably like the best thing in the movie. I'll still always love early Kevin Muse when they, when they start giving too many lines and too much screen time in later movies. Um, he starts to grate me. But early Kevin Muse like um Jason some Muse. of the stuff. Jason Muse, sorry, um, Jason Muse. Um, I really um I really still enjoy some of that stuff. It feels like kids that like was skateboarding like in my neighborhood and stuff like that and like the dumb shit i would hear them say all the time and everything um so i guess there's like some sort of nostalgia there for me too so i enjoyed him yeah the berserker thing is still probably my favorite thing in the whole movie <laughs> uh, it's very funny yeah. i like it any final yeah. thoughts jason no Thank okay you. all right um <clears throat> So the only real like big addition we get to the cast of Clerks 2 is the introduction of Rosario Dawson as Becky in a pretty pivotal role um, in the movie. Um, so I wanted to ask about Clerks 2. Um, Frank, did you care about this? Because I remember, I think we saw this in the theater together, but did you care about this at all before we saw it? Like, the, were you interested at all? Like, given your sure. feelings on something? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I... Um... I don't think I had completely fallen out of because he hadn't really done that much at that point, you know, so I was still okay with them and I was interested to see like what they would do. I thought it was a really cool idea to bring um, Dante and Randall back and see like what they were going to do with them as characters. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I was interested in seeing, it. I mean, you know, I went to see it in the theater with you. Right. I couldn't remember if it was a thing where it's like you felt obligated to or like, you know, or you were just morbidly curious or what. I don't remember how you felt back then. <laughs> you should know me well enough to know ain't no obligation gonna make me do something I don't want to do. So especially not like that. Yeah. I think I've seen you do things like that before. Yeah. Um Easter, were you like excited by for this, like when it came out? I don't remember, honestly. I mean, I I think I like I said, I think I saw it in the theater, but that's about all I can say. I I will say that I bought it on HD DVD. <laughs> Do you even know what that is? Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing that came out right. like it to compete with Blu-ray. And I still have a collection of HD DVDs <laughs> and at least one HD DVD player somewhere. You started it on Divix. <laughs> no, I I never had that. Um so what did you think of the time, Jason, when you saw it? Do you remember? Um, like generally what your feelings were? I think I I think I enjoyed it more watching it uh, today or yesterday mm -hmm. than I did when I saw it initially. And I 
can't explain to you why that is. Um, but um, I think I generally generally liked it. Um, I didn't think it was good as the first one. Maybe it was because it was too close to the first one. Maybe it was that like Predator, Predator Two thing. Mm. Like you know, because uh, I was compa- I was comparing it to the first movie. Now I can compare it to like all of the other Kevin Smith movies and go like, well, you know, this isn't <laughs> this isn't as bad as I thought it was. Right. But I enjoyed I enjoyed Mallrats uh, mm. when that came out in between. So like, I was a fan of that. Um, so I liked it. I mean, I still like it. I like I liked seeing him again. I, I thought it had a lot of the same uh, feel as the first one, but like a little better production values, and uh, <laughs> I guess they were they were a little more grown up. Um, is it? I, I don't think it's a better movie than the first Clerks. I think it's just different, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't think it's bad. Um, what else do you want to <laughs> Well, let me go. Frank, what did you think about it when you first saw it? I had a really good experience watching this movie when we saw it um, because the audience was so into it that it made me enjoy it more. <clears throat> um, so I liked it when we first saw it. I mean, I walked out of the theater thinking that it was a funny movie and, you know, like worth my time. Um, I guess this is the only the second time I've watched it then watching it this week um aside from like clips here and there for whatever reason like you would see a clip from especially like the Lord of the Rings thing Mm -hmm. with the walking because like people you know make that joke all the time now but um yeah I uh I don't know I enjoyed it when we watched it yeah I was I remember the criticism that it was getting at the time like um and it looks like over time it's like moved up like in like I think it was like 63% or something from critics um, over time. Um, but it was getting a lot of flack at the time. And I, I remember defending the movie um, uh, a lot, like when it came out um, and and really enjoying it. And from a storytelling standpoint, I think I enjoyed it more than Clerks. I think from a comedy standpoint, I probably at that time enjoyed Clerks still more. Um, but um yeah so uh jason so you said you still liked it like what what elements of it that you did you like you know what what sticks out in your mind of the things that you liked about it um i liked i liked the the story of it i mean i liked the um the whole idea that uh dante's moving away dante's getting married and then has the monkey wrench thrown into it and like i guess that's the whole the whole third act um i thought the characters were good i thought the additions uh i thought i i think rosario dawson is really really good in it um i like the uh their other co-worker um oh yeah i forgot about him being added to the cast yeah yeah um i thought it was funny i thought it still had you know it still had the kevin smith sense of humor um I think, you know, he was continuing to kind of push the envelope and, you know, maybe some of that stuff is now kind of cringy, but mm-hmm. um, like the Randall's kind of uh, inadvertent racism. Um, I don't know that you get away with that today, 
but the but the way it's framed and the the explanation that you know the term he uses is uh you know his grandmother used to call him it and then like he keeps on thinking about things his grandmother said like yeah, it comes to the conclusion. Wait a second, my grandmother was racist, <laughs> and I mean, I, I think that's something that you know, in the intervening years, like millions and millions of people watching this movie, like, have also come to that conclusion. Right. Uh, so that that part of it's really funny. It might just be the uh, uh, the way the way that it was presented might have been a little. If it was if it was out today, it would have been like scandalous. I think. Yeah. Um, but I found it funny. Um, you know, I, I think, I think it's, uh, I think the the pacing's pretty good. Like, um, I think actually, you know, that's, I'm trying to think clerks one doesn't really suffer from poor pacing, but this one, I think it's, it's pretty good. Um, this is more of a narrative movie than clerks one is too. So yeah, yeah. This definitely has a, a more well-defined, uh, story arc, um, But yeah, it's it's uh it's enjoyable. Yeah, the, the the donkey scene I think is the thing that stands out to me um as the thing that like I think is just him trying to push some sort of boundaries and I think falls I think this time for me watching it just completely falls flat on its face and it's just kind of cringy in the end. Um just the conceit of it in general. I think um, I, I I agree we're saying, but I mean, I <laughs> if it's a funny joke, like, and and that's debatable whether it's a funny joke at all. But the, the you know the core of the joke I think is reasonably funny, and then just making it go on for so long <laughs> might make it make make it funnier. Unless you don't unless you don't buy that the the core concept is is funny at all and then it's just uh yeah i i think he probably i remember when he was working with david mandel on the animated series i think it was smith that said mandel's style of humor was that you know once is funny um you know 10 times is comedy gold or something like that um and i think smith took a little bit away from that whole experience of working with him and i think he like likes now to like stretch things sometimes beyond their uh, beyond uh it's 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 shelf life because he thinks it's funnier maybe to do it um but yeah that scene goes on forever and i it just it wear it wears out its welcome and i just don't even think i like the idea of it myself um at all like the the scene but um uh, it's like 12 minutes long that scene yeah, yeah yeah it's ridiculous yeah yeah um but all right so frank um you had a worse opinion though am i correct oh, oh i hate it I, I i liked it so much less than corpse if that's even a possible really thing. okay yeah i really hated it i yeah. i agree that i think rosario dawson i think she's the best thing in the movie yeah absolutely um I, I think it's masturbatory like fanfic by him i it, none of the dialogue is believable at all like the whole fucking like like pillow pants shit and like oh, i don't know there's so many bad things in this movie that it's 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 shock value for shock value's sake um i don't know how like the guy wasn't like disgusted with it when it came out but i guess maybe i'm 
like somehow like a more mature person at this point in my life but like i think the majority of the jokes fall flat i don't think there's anything in it that's funny or clever really i just think it's bad writing and i don't know i rosario dawson i really like a lot nick because i just i like her as an actress generally and i think that that's actually a decently written like female character mm-hmm. but she still is really just uh i don't know i don't know like it's not a progressive one, character i don't think right and again yeah. like dante is just a, sh- a shithead like yeah and randall says it like how do you always end up with like two hot chicks you know <laughs> like every time and it's true but yeah. I don't know. I don't think his the the character his wife plays. I don't think is very well written. No. I think a lot of the Jay and Silent Bob stuff is really flat. Like the only thing that made me laugh watching it this time, because I had forgotten about it, was when um, Dante and his fiance are like walking down movies, and um, Jason Muse is doing the um, Mangina like pose yeah. from uh-huh. um, Silence of the Lambs. Like that that made me laugh out loud because I forgot it was going to happen and it caught me off guard. Um, I don't know, man. It just seems like really juvenile, and like I think, I think you could have told a good story about growing up and staying true to your friends and your roots while still becoming like a better person and like finding out who you really are. And I just think it, it's completely unbelievable that these two losers are still working basically minimum wage jobs. How many years later is it? Like twelve or something like that? They say right. So. And, like, how does anyone ever fall in love with Dante Hicks? Like, he is the most milquetoast, whiny, ineffectual, shitting with the door open motherfucker. Like, it just, I don't know. I just, I hate him as a character. I hate Halloran, right? That's that actor's name. Brian O'Halloran, yeah. Yeah, I hate him as an actor. Um, Actually, he's probably my least favorite part of the movie because I like the kid that plays the... um fuck what's his name elias, elias or whatever yeah yeah like that kid is fine i think i i always like randall um anderson is that his last yeah, name Jeff anderson. Yeah. yeah i always think that's a really good performance because it feels like a true even though he's like deplorable he still feels like a real person when you watch him like he talk does. and act yeah. um and then nothing feels real around him you know like jason lee showing up as the pickle fucker or whatever i mean it's like i don't know I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm not the right target audience for those movies anymore, but um yeah. And I don't think it's a better story. I think it's like a I think the through line is is solid conceptually of this yeah. movie of the idea of Dante trying to run away and bullshit himself and how he like, you know, like is going and he's not even thinking about like you know like the randall character and then it's like but like he's got himself in this stupid position again somehow you're right it's unrealistic that he has this other girl back here that like you know like actually has feelings for him and but it's like i i like it as a core concept and i like the idea that it's like to move on with their lives in some degrees they go like they move backwards but laterally at the same time i think the core concept is there it's just like i liked it less this time though as a movie i think myself um than i did like years ago but i still think there's a core concept there that can work um and that's what i mean when i like the story i i I think the core concept can work 
Um, yeah, I, I agree with that. The whole time I was watching, I was like rewriting that movie in my head and like thinking like <laughs> that would have been so much better if like X happened or Y happened. I also think that Kevin Smith is really reductionist in the way that he writes characters, that he is always just like creating a stereotype to fit a scene yeah. rather than like building a character. And it really bothers me. Like, like in a in a vacuum, if you watch the scenes individually, the okay, so the racism scene, right? Mm-hmm. With Wanda Sykes, yeah. there's some good performance there, especially by Sykes and um, you know, Randall. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like you didn't really build anything you know you're just setting up a joke that's going to pay itself off what like 40 minutes later when randall's got the the you know the rachel slur like emblazoned on the back of his movies um uniform Mm -hmm. and the black police officer firefighter whatever he is comes in during the donkey show and is like motherfucker so like you pay off you know racism early in the movie with racism late in the movie to get like a pop but there's no character there there's no growth or build or anything like it's not like randall has learned anything it's just you know no in fact he's doubled down mostly i mean like right. on all of it um I'm, what does he say i'm bringing it back from i'm taking i'm taking it, it back taking, taking it back, it back. Yeah. right thank uh-huh. you yeah. yeah it's okay i'm taking it back <laughs> right yeah. Yeah. i don't know so um frank i asked you about this i think before the podcast and it's been so long that you don't remember that well but um Heaster, you were a big fan of the animated series, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. And like maybe some of the things you're talking about, Frank, it's like it, it does feel like almost like a cartoon. Like these movies at times. I think Clerks less so than Clerks 2. Clerks 2 feels very cartoony to me. Um, there's elements of Clerks that feels cartoony, like uh Veronica with the fire extinguisher is a very cartoony moment, like when she's like using the fire extinguisher on all the people that are like pelting Dante with, um, uh, you know, like cigarette packs and stuff. It feels like a cartoon moment, like to just suddenly, like she's standing there, like on top of like, you know, the counter with, um, with a, with a fire extinguisher. Yeah. Clerks like a two... com- like a comic book mo- moment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think clerks, the animated series is probably like the thing that's like made me laugh the most out of anything in the clerks universe and i wonder if it's because it really does he's trying to film and write in this like very cartoony way and like we're in an animated series it maybe works better and plus they don't go into some of the more detestable humor at times in the animated series since it was on abc but like um but yeah like i think i probably enjoy that the most out of it but i think it suits kevin smith maybe more at times as a writer to write cartoony things um that's why i was asking if you remembered it by any chance how you felt about I just it. remember who was driving bears driving yes right yeah right yeah and the app how can that be right <laughs> yeah who's driving a car bears driving car how can that be i mean maybe that's the thing maybe it is like if i was watching an episodic you know sketch comedy show that kevin smith was responsible for then maybe i would enjoy it more but it doesn't lend itself well in my opinion to you know yeah like a full-length narrative feature film so yeah Yeah. so let me tell you about the thing that really pisses me off directorial in terms of his directorial decisions in this movie Mm -hmm. and i think it's almost like inexcusable um in the scene where dante tells randall that he got um rosario dawson pregnant Mm -hmm. 
and Kevin Smith does the camera rotating around the two of them with like the subtle like jump cuts like back and forth like with a different rotation. Yeah, I remember the most fucking amateur shit like ever, and it's so distracting and serves no purpose that it it made me really angry watching it this time that I had to sit there for whatever long that scene is 45 seconds or whatever and just watch it when you could have just done a medium shot with them arguing with each other with Jay and Silent Bob like doing stupid stuff in the background you would have accomplished the same thing Mm -hmm. because that's the that's that's the joke of that scene because it's a pretty I mean there's jokes internal jokes between the two of them and just Randall being like an idiot but the joke is the whole you know um jay like getting hit by the door while he's trying to like piss in public or whatever Mm -hmm. and you still could have done that and you still could have had their reactions still could have shown it and you didn't have to be a complete fucking amateur and do some spinny ass camera shit that like no one would do in a real movie (laughs) yeah he makes some some choices sometimes um i really like i that's why I, clerks i i actually much prefer the static camera um that's going on most of the time in that um uh right, so you I, couldn't afford dollies and cranes and shit sure yeah I, I i actually like that much more um and it fits more with the time period i think and the diy aspect of it and clerks too i think uh maybe like i said i don't really Bishop as direction that much but it's like it, it exposes him even further um as a director you can't really like hack it from a directorial standpoint but um but production value is better um overall the direction's not any better it might in fact like kind of to me be worse but um all right history you have any final thoughts on clerks too overall it sounds like you liked it a little less too right a little less than like what you probably thought or did you uh... say you liked it more I liked it more than I thought, but yeah. it's been, it's probably been six or seven years since I've okay. seen it the last time. Um, yeah, I mean, I still don't love it, but I mean, it's, yeah. And I think I like Clerks better, but mm-hmm. I think, I think I, I think I really didn't like it when I initially saw it. Um, and now I think I tolerate it. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't it wasn't like a slog to get through it. Like, yeah, I I enjoyed watching it. I like, but I wouldn't recommend it to anybody to watch. Right, gotcha. <clears throat> yeah, it's interesting. I really dislike like because Dogma you can't really find anywhere. It's on YouTube for free because you can't find it anywhere. It's held up with Miramax Weinstein shit. Um, so you can't like find it on a streaming but i found it on youtube and since i found it i just kind of like played like left it on like while i was playing a video game and i did not like that movie when it came out and i still don't know if i like that movie but i liked it better now than i did when it came out um and i don't know if that was expectation with me or what um like because i read the script and i thought the script was really good like i found it like you know on some website back in the day in 1998 or whatever um and like read it ahead of time and it, it did not come out as well as the script was but I, I enjoyed that a bit better but i still didn't think it was great um well i liked dogma when it came out but i didn't watch it very recently i've probably watched it in the past five years maybe mm-hmm. and i think i still liked it yeah but yeah uh, I, I, I might check it out again yeah sometime soon 
Yeah. Um, there's a decent copy. Well, you probably have it on like DVD or Blu-ray, or probably right. Um, yeah, I definitely have it on DVD. I don't know yeah. if it's out on Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, there's some elements I really liked of that movie, and there's still some that I'm just like, ugh. But um, but yeah, I think I feel similarly where it's like I still wouldn't recommend Dogma. I I don't think, but um, but I but I liked it more. Um, but yeah, Clerks too. I I think because I defended it so much. 15 years ago like I, I i like it less um than i did then i think it was my final takeaway um but i still enjoy clerks uh, overall um all right so let me ask you this do you frank do you think clerks three despite your feelings about it as like an ending is warranted at this point like not that you have any interest in it maybe whatsoever like you know but it's like do you do you think it's something that sh probably should just happen to end it no why uh -huh. it's 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 fine do you think it. the clerks two ending i guess is what i'm asking <laughs> is worth is is a is a fine enough ending for the thing and actually i think the clerks two ending is probably the best thing of of that movie because it's bringing them back to you know where they were like that's what they wanted anyway they've never wanted to grow up and you know leave the comfort and now they're doing an adult thing by owning those places mm -hmm. and still like living out this childhood fantasy you know i don't know yeah so it's it's i again i watched the trailer for clerks three i i guess we were recording at that time anyway it's just too meta like it's it's not funny like that's not clever to me that idea i don't know yeah yeah i don't know Wh whatever because it's just going to be a bunch of in jokes to the first two movies and right it's he's so masturbatory and in, in the clerk's universe about i guess like his childhood or his things and it's so crazy because like what's that show called comic book guys or whatever mm -hmm. is that right yeah. i like that show you know, I like him just being like a person and yeah. talking about the things he cares about and enjoys. I like watching him like talk about his youth and about all the crazy stuff that he, whatever, like the things that he did when he was younger. It's just, I don't want to see it in a movie. Like, I don't think yeah. it's interesting. Easter, do you kind of broaden it more back to Smith a little bit? Do you think kevin smith's career like from this point on is is this it like do you do you have like do you have a, like a gut feeling that it's like could he make something that is really popular or really like you know um worthwhile like with what time he we all have left i guess um no no yeah <laughs> that's a, no that's fine that's a firm answer um frank do you think he's finished like this is like the end kind of like do you think he it's possible he can create anything that's sure of course i don't know he's not a uncreative person and he's not a you know what i wish he would do i wish he would go the route of like like be a teacher or be like what Affleck and um, uh, Damon did with what was that Project Greenlight, right? Greenlight, like yep. do some mm -hmm. do something like that where you find young filmmakers that have talent and vision, but don't have resources, and kind of like help them break into the industry, similar to how you were helped at one point, or how you like whatever helped yourself. 
and kind of give them, you know, because he, again, he has good taste, I think, and things. I think he's a good person. And yeah. he's got an interesting mind and definitely now a good knowledge of how, like, Hollywood works. It's just, I don't know, man. Like, I don't yeah. know. I'm always, I've always said for many years, I'm always shocked. Hey, sir, what was that show that you introduced me to with Favreau where the people talk around the table? It was um, the party, party. Dinner for five. Dinner for five. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Smith hosts like the last episode ever of that um, with like Mark Hamill and a couple other people. And I've like after watching that episode, I was always been shocked that it's like Kevin Smith is such an engaging, enthusi- genuinely enthusiastic person. And I think largely kind person and funny person. I'm surprised like somebody hasn't tried to throw him like the like the 1230 talk show slot on a network um because i think it's something he could do really well um is to is the the jimmy fallon type shtick of like having people come out and stuff like that and maybe he'd run his mouth too much i don't know right um is that the problem you think frank no yeah i mean i think that if you're trying to pitch that to studio executives like jimmy fallon's a non-entity right like even colbert is still somewhat like palatable and like you can't sell kevin smith to i don't know you don't think you can sell him to the masses i don't i don't think so no huh. i think i i think in very specific circumstances like with stuff like comic book guys like you can sell him on a certain like certain networks yeah. to a certain audience but you know the grand I, I think the great majority of people who would watch late night tv are not going to tune in to watch kevin smith you know, now he could certainly do. I I don't know. Do they still do comic book guys, or is that over? I don't think it airs anywhere. I don't know though, for sure. Yeah, I think I, th- I think I think I heard it was it was done, and I I never watched it, so I don't I don't know. I, I he he did so many. He he did a lot of like side things like mm-hmm. that, and was on tours and like. Um, I mean, he's obviously been working. I mean, he's directed TV, and he's like, what done comics himself or yes yeah he wrote um daredevil and hawkeye i think is that right daredevil i know he wrote for a while and i he might have written hawkeye i think for a while too did he write like something like green arrow or green lantern for a while maybe i don't don't know yeah but i mean like you know i i think he could he could have a he could have a talk show where he talked about comics and superheroes for sure like have have guests on and like talk about all that kind of stuff and that would probably be interesting, but it's, you know, it's not a mass appeal uh, thing. I guess if you put it on something like Disney Plus, like, that'd be okay. Um, but I just don't, I just don't see him having, at this point in his career, I don't see him having, like, the, the great movie idea. I think he's tried, he's tried, like, all of his best ideas already. And so I just don't see him coming up with something fantastic and then executing it like in a great manner yeah if i had to take a bet i would say no but like you know like frank said who knows i mean like you know sure you know but it's like my my bet would be no probably at this point i think um i think that 90s was his heyday and he'll maybe have a decent movie every once in a while but i mean do something like between two ferns like galifianakis whatever Mm. you know like just have something on youtube where you talk to yeah. people that are your friends that you've like come to know over the years and 
have your clerks people on there sometimes and creators because he knows people in like the comic book universe and other people that are filmmakers and just talk to them i think that would be that's that's a good legacy to leave because that's interesting and you know i think more his forte um i don't know yeah i wish i liked him more as a director because i I like him so much as a person just it's like it's it's the rob zombie syndrome you know it's the same thing it's like the dude can't get out of his own way like ever like he's always so obsessed with the minutiae of the things that he loves that he can't make it appeal i don't think to a broad enough audience to make him like really effective as a creator in that realm so i don't know more better as like a pundit and a tastemaker or whatever than an actual like creator himself i guess not that i'm doing anything what the fuck do i know but you know whatever you're, you're making tastes all over the place baby Shit. um <laughs> I got my granola. That's the only thing I want to taste. <laughs> Been looking at it the whole time. Easter, you have any um, final thoughts on Kevin Smith that you wanted to share? Um, I mean, like, I, I, I want to, you know, uh, agree with what Frank said that, like, I like him. I, I, yeah. you know, I used to, I guess, before he was doing, I never, I never, I don't know. There's so much stuff out there. So, like, I never followed his podcast and never watched the show, and I never. Uh, I did used to follow his blog for a while, and I, I thought that was interesting, um, just like his day-to-day life. Uh, this was, I guess, maybe shortly after he got married, and so like it was kind of interesting because he was still adjusting to life in Hollywood and, and things like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think he's a nice guy. I think he's interesting. Um, I think he's talented. Uh, I just don't know like if that translates into making movies necessarily now you know maybe doing something something in movies writing writing the movies producing the movies i don't know um writing the movies with someone else like doing polishing on his yeah i think i yeah that's that's kind of what i was was thinking um but you know to me the opposite of Shyamalan, where i think that Shyamalan is like a pretty good director that writes like the shittiest scripts where i think that kevin smith is a pretty good writer they can't direct like anything so maybe they should get together yeah that'd be interesting yeah it would be yeah especially like a horror script or something like that um all right well um frank will you ever actually watch the first three do you think oh yeah i'll watch it yeah okay um again i, I don't hate him you know i and i'll see i'll give it a chance I won't go to the theater to see it, but I also probably won't ever go to the theater again to see anything. So, oh, um, I'm assuming. I mean, I I know you'll watch it, Jason. Um, but um, all right. Well, um, I I can't think of anything else unless anybody else has anything they want to talk about in terms of Kevin Smith. I mean, we've given a pretty decent amount of time here. I think on two movies. Yeah. I'll, I'll say if you uh, if you have a chance to watch the documentary Clerk about kevin smith mm-hmm. um it's good um okay. and it covers it, it has a lot of interviews uh i guess he's he's in it and a lot of interviews with other people and uh kind of gives a whole timeline of like everything that happened with him uh, even after his heart attack i guess i, I think it came out this year or last year yeah it's last recent. look 2021 yeah yeah um but you know that that made me realize that i hadn't seen <clears throat> a lot of his later movies like 
Tusk and Yoga Hosers and mm -hmm. Red State. And I did watch those last year. And I mean, they're all bizarre. Um, but I might have enjoyed Red State the most. I mean, it's hard to say. They were, you know, they were different than the, the, the kind of Clerks universe, which I guess is different. I mean, it's nice to see something different. Right. Um, yeah. No, but I, I mean, I, you. I, I'd, I'd prefer he do different stuff. Like if he's going to yeah. do anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I thought, I thought the departure was good, even if they didn't pay off, which mm. by and large, they didn't. Um, I think I enjoyed Red State the most. Um, I, I think I just found it the most interesting. It held my attention. The other two were kind of in that same kind of like view askew averse, like, you know, like a almost alternate reality, which is the same place where like Jay and Silent Bob, and mm. they all reside. Um, I watched the Jay and Silent Bob re reboot. And I mean, I guess maybe it's just because I'm a fan of Kevin Smith, but I, I enjoyed it. Um, I've heard the reboots actually, I haven't seen it. I heard it was better than the original right you know as as frank complained earlier like you know it's going to be a lot of the the same stuff in in jokes and i mean that's what it was it was you know callbacks to the previous movies and making fun of itself uh you know making fun of the previous movies mm -hmm. but i'm okay with that like i'm i'm a fan um and so uh it didn't it didn't bother me but i mean i don't i don't hold any of these these newer movies in in high regard i mean you know mm. just they're they're acceptable and i mean yeah. it's it's unfortunate because i wish i wish there was i wish there was a great new kevin smith movie to hold up and say like see you really can like right. knock it out of the park but it's yeah. just kind of like a a slow slow decline and i don't know i don't know if he can come out of that but i mean you know i have high hopes for clerks three i mean um I hope it's good. I hope it's yeah. better than Clerks 2. I mean, that would be great. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's all I can hope for is that it's better and, and this is just the end of it. Um, at the time, I remember thinking I wished every 10 years we could like revisit these characters when I first saw in 2006 and um, I'm not sure having rewatched Clerks 2 if I feel that way. I thought it was a pretty appropriate ending and now I'm just kind of like worried that the ending won't be as good but um i guess reboot is on prime so uh, i guess i'll have to end up like watching it at some point soon just to watch it all right um well easter thank you for joining us um, yeah thanks Jason. and like walking down memory lane through the 90s with us and um talking about good old kevin smith um and uh let's see we will be back uh in two weeks with uh a return slot episode of terminator 2 um and uh it's probably we spend about probably like uh we'll be spending about 90 minutes with that movie um so thanks for listening everybody have a good week and um you know uh let us know if you have any ideas of two guys five movies at gmail.com deuces